Hey, this is Dustin, one of the pastors at Grace Bible Church. Thanks for tuning in to listen to one of our sermons. We hope that this sermon encourages you, inspires you, and compels you towards a closer walk with Jesus and one another. If you would like to learn more about Grace Bible Church, contact us or partner with us financially. You can connect with us at www.gbc.life. Welcome to our church family. We hope that you enjoy the message. There's different approaches and ways to do ministry. I see a tendency to have things focused on ourselves or on the mission or missionary rather than what it looks like to equip, empower, and train up leaders who empower and equip leaders. When you take somebody who's humble yet hungry and they have the heart and you equip them and empower them, they start to take ownership like, hey, now this is my country, this is my mission. It inspires others to do the same. Now they're the ones training the next generation, the next group of leaders. We have equipped a team of people to take our place. Essentially, work myself out of a job. That's been the goal all along. How great is it to see Elda running Haiti Bible Mission and equipping Teapon, all kinds of other guys, and running church plants in and around Jeremy. He loves sharing the gospel and he's leading people to Christ through these businesses he's been able to start. And then he's giving back to the community. And Cal Eric running his own construction business and Jacqueline empowering and equipping all these girls in hospitality. They're giving back, going, I've got what it takes now to be successful and make an impact. It's incredible. It's not just impacting a life, it's impacting a family, a zone, a community, a village. It's life transformation. The mayor calls Elda and asks for help. The chief of police calls for help and advice. Government officials in Port-au-Prince that know who Elda is, they're not calling me. When you see these leaders making an impact, it's not making the front page of the newspaper. It should, because what's portrayed is not what the reality of it is here. You want to see life change, come and walk around Jeremy Haiti and follow my leaders. They're changing the world, I promise you. I'm watching it firsthand every single day. Hey, yeah, GBC family, this is Mark Stockland, who is the CEO and overseer of all of Haiti Bible Mission, and his family, wife Lacey, and children are over there just off to the side. Wave, guys, so they can see, and a good buddy, too. You can wave, too, big guy. Yeah, man, please welcome them back to Grace. Mark, Mark's been... Haiti Bible Mission has been probably the longest-standing mission partner of GBC. I think we've been... Man, in uh, 12 years, 12, 12 or 13 years, yeah, that, that they have been one of our mission partners here at GBC. I mean, Mark, man, give us a little, I know that Mark may be new to some of you guys, some of y'all that have been a part of our church for a long time, this familiar face, you've watched their kids grow, you've seen the ministry grow. For those of you that don't know them yet, that's why I want to let you know how long we've been to, uh, together, man, just working together for the sake of the kingdom saturating the world. Uh, for the good news of the gospel. Mark, give us a little, man, a little picture of what we just saw up here on this video, man. Yeah, for those that don't know, um, the video is just a teaser into really what we're, what we're doing. And the, the guy, Elda there, our director, uh, what I do is I travel around the States right now. I used to live in Haiti full time. In the last couple of years, I spend half the year traveling, telling stories and raising money so that guys like Elda can keep discipling, equipping uh, more men and women. Uh, but the goal for Haiti Ball Mission, what I moved over there 13 years ago, uh, was to, to try to find, I always call them C and D players, because that's me. I'm an uneducated farm boy from Iowa. I'm a Moses who says, hey, I don't know, God, can you use me? And God's like, yeah, I can use you. So I just noticed the same in Haiti is that there's a lot of people that are like, man, can I be used of God? I'm like, you're exactly who God wants to use. Because Jesus took 12 ordinary men, right, uh, and t turned the world upside down, right? Mm -hmm. And so when everyone else says they're uneducated and untrained and the world won't give you a shot, God will. So my whole heart is take C and Ds and turn them into A's and B's and yeah. just be like Jesus. That, that's my model. I'm not the smartest guy, but I'm like, when I read the Gospels, I'm like, Jesus had a pretty good thing going. Um, so I just try to follow Jesus. But my heart is this, to take young men and women and whatever you want to do, I'm going to pay for it all. 
I want to help you fulfill your dream, but while you're doing that, I put you in marriage classes. While you're doing that, I put you in discipleship. While you're doing that, I teach you money management classes. While you're doing that, I help you plug into the local church and serve in the local church. Because I want you to be successful, but I also want you to have a foundation of Christ. I want to create, we want to create healthy marriages, families, and business owners in town that can give back and help not only share the gospel, but give back to their community uh, economically and, and bring change. You get, does that make sense, guys? There's a lot of churches and missions, and I'm not criticizing, they're like, it's all the Bible. And that's great, we need the Bible, amen? We need Jesus. And there's, but then the other flip side is then there's businesses and missions that go out and they teach all business and education. Then you got all these smarts and business people, but they don't have a foundation of Christ. My heart is, why can't we do both? Why can't we create sex, successful men and women, merge that together with a foundation of Christ so that when you need help, I can help you? Because I've got enough to not only take care of my family, I can help you and I can help you. And so that's what I really want to do. So I travel around and tell the stories and help these young men and women. What's great is what you see in that video, it's not me anymore. 13 years later, I'm standing here. And I travel a lot in the U.S. now, and my Haitian men and women are the ones uh, doing the work. And the new next generation of men and women who are like, hey, I want to be a part of your program, That's we invite part, them in. I mean, that, that in part is one of the things we love the most about your leadership model for Haiti Bible Mission is because um, we, just so you know, church family, like we have, a, uh, we have a handful of mission organizations around the world that we partner with and we invest in significantly. I, I, I say... Uh, I get phone calls all the time, I mean all the time, hardly a week goes by that I don't get a call or an email of someone interested, hey, can we get 10 minutes on the stage at Grace Bible to let them know about what we're doing. We have to say no a lot. Um, we say no to all the good things, and there's a lot of good things, so that we can say yes to the God things. And what I mean by that is God has showed our elders some specific mission partners around the world that we are to invest in and support and partner with, and so that's why you don't see a variety of uh, missionaries every other weekend here at GBC, because we want to protect the stage for those that God has called us to partner with. So there's not an oversaturation of, of, of kind of letting you guys know what's going on, and we want you to invest in these families and pray for them and serve them and give as the Lord would lead you to give, and, and we only invest in mission partners that have a model of sustainability. Uh, we, we don't just invest in folks that we think are nice guys that are out on the mission field. Uh, we don't want to invest in missions that revolve around certain personalities. We want to invest in missions that have a sustainable model of discipling and raising up leaders to then go and make disciples and raise up more leaders. And that's exactly what Haiti Bible Mission is doing. So much so, I, I remember in the timeline that you've been a part of GBC, you and Lacey were essentially just living in, living in a tent, man, just like... Just yeah. a hard-knock Haitian life, and y'all were, were living amongst the Haitian people in the community God had called you to. Now, now there's a compound built. There's leaders built. you got schools. you got hospitals that y'all serve. You have churches that have been planted. It's come a long way. And it's actually freed you guys up to spend more time stateside to, to build your mission relationships with American churches, man. But, like, it's an amazing model that you guys have, and it, man, it's, hey, it, it's working. Thank you. It is working. I love it, I'm like man. a proud dad up here. I really yeah. am because I don't want to criticize missions, but I guess I'll go ahead and do it. Um, for those watching on whatever on YouTube, they're going to be offended. I don't care. Um, God's coming back. Too many missionaries and too many churches, they make it about them. That's why I love Dustin, too. It ain't about, the Grace Bible isn't about Dustin. Haiti Bible Mission, when you support and give to us, partner with us, you're not giving to me. You're giving to God's work. You're giving to the sustainability and leaders training more leaders. We're trying to create a model where it's not about me. But too many times it's like if the missionary leaves or he's sick or he retires that the ministry stops. God forbid that should ever happen at that GBC. That won't be the case at That HBM. won't be the case for no. me. And that's why the, you see me in the States more now, but I can be here now. Because I've got leaders who are continually empowering and discipling and equipping the next leaders. I'll be honest, I can't make, I can't imagine looking at the earthquake that just happened. You guys know about that just a couple months ago, right? Mm -hmm. The earthquake that happened, it was devastating. It hit our area really hard. Um, I was in the middle of, I woke up that morning and was uh, heading to fly to Houston. And people were calling me going um, in the U.S. They're like, hey, you going back to Haiti? I said, no, I got to fly to Houston. I got meetings. And they're like, you don't need to go? I said, no, because I said, I got, I got 40-plus leaders on the ground, men and women who are heading to the hospital, who are taking care of everything. And the impact that my team has versus what one crazy farm boy, white boy from Iowa can do? Are you kidding me? 
those Haitians are, are crushing it. And so immediately went down to the hospital. They were cooking over 300 meals a day for every patient, every doctor and nurse at the local hospital. In the last two months, they've distributed over 300,000 pounds of food. I can't do that on my own. Over 300,000 pounds of food. They've led 136 people to Christ in the last two months. I could never do that on my own. Yeah, man. So imagine all these things. What? Yeah, you praise the Lord. That, huh? <laughs> this doesn't happen if, if you're looking at, you know, Mark Stockland or Scott Sanius. You know what I mean? Like you can't, right? You can't look at us and go, hey, you're going to make all the change. I need a team of people to make something happen. And that's the way the body of Christ works. Can I share a story quick? Can I yeah, do that, Some right? of those leaders you've been investing in for years and years, time. man. Like live life on life with them, opening up right. your home, you and Lacey, just allowing them to be a part of your family as y'all have discipled them to be able to lead at higher levels. But yeah, tell us yeah, the story, and, and man. Those are the ones now that you see in the video. Those are the ones now taking on the running, responsibility of, running the, show. of, of the discipleship yeah. and ownership of saying, hey, we got some young men and women that want to be raised up. Now they're the ones doing it. It's not me and Lacey anymore. And we miss them. We miss being there all the time, but it's uh, God's doing more. How often are y'all down there? Just curious. Six months there, six months here. It's back and forth. But you split two, it up. Yeah, two there, two here, two there, two here. Okay. We just got back so last you're still week. there quite a bit. We're still there quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. You were going to tell a story. Yeah, I was going to share a story just because I want you guys to hear what God is doing. There's a lot of difficulties right now in Haiti, but back to with my leaders. We go down to the hospital. My actually daughter runs a hospital ministry there. She goes on weekly and does stuff at the hospital. But after the earthquake, there was a, obviously a great need. We were medevacing people. When I flew over after the Houston trip, we had all kinds of people showing up, broken backs, legs. Uh, it is a wreck. It, I just spent days at the airport just getting people medevaced. It was crazy. We go down to the hospital, though, a few days later, and there's a kid there named Philo, and he's, he's cut from here all the way up his chest. He had typhoid, and I've had typhoid twice, but he got a bad infection, and he was all swelled up, and they're like, Pastor Mark, if we don't get him on a plane, and they're talking to me and my leader's like, he's going to die. So my leader's like, hey, let's get, a, let's get a flight. So we get him to the airport. We get him on a flight. We send him to Port-au-Prince. We get everything successful. He comes back. We go up. The, here's, here's what I'm getting at. I can't do this on my own. My Haitian pastors are going to do a follow-up, so they go out into the country where this kid's at, long ways out in the country, and they meet with the family, and he gets some pictures, and Philo's recovery is doing great. Awesome. The 16-year-old daughter, or the daughter of the, the parents, but the 16-year-old is a sister. The older sister looks at Pastor Elden and says, this is, this is what's crazy. She goes, why would you do this for my brother? Why would you pay and medevac my younger brother to try to save his life? And Pastor Elden is our evangelist. He goes, because God sent his son for me and loved me. And I want you to know that by what we could do to help your, help your brother. She started crying. And she says, could you tell me more about what you have, this Jesus? And the 16-year-old prayed right there and put her faith in Christ because we just did what you guys support us to do. You guys support us to go, hey, help change lives. We're doing that. We saved this kid's life. But that's not the end goal. The end goal is that people would treasure and fall in love with Jesus. Amen. And I just go, that's what's happening. That's not always on the news, but it should be. Yeah, that's, that's beautiful, man. Thank you for sharing that story. The last service didn't get that. So y'all got a little extra something-something. Um, man, I've got a million of those, by the way. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Stop by the table on the way out. And I know the family would love to visit with y'all. But I, I do want to ask just because we've been watching from afar, man. Haiti's kind of gone through just a, a one mayhem after the next from COVID just ripping through the country to um, the earthquake happening. And then now, as of in the last couple of months, man, we've heard of mission uh, teams that have been abducted at the airport, airport you spend a lot of time at. Um, and still trying to get them back, man. How, I mean, catch us up, man. What's the, what's the latest on like how we can be a prayerful servants in that crazy process? Yeah, I probably shared too much in the first service. I probably, right. Maybe we won't post yeah, that I, video. Yeah, you know, I wouldn't post that one. Um, I forget about, I, I forget I'm not just talking to you guys, um, because I have to be careful at what, what we know and understand on the mission field is different, you know what I mean, and safety and security and things, but, um, it's been crazy. Uh, COVID travel, ever since the assassination of the president, back over the summer, we were there. Uh, Lacey can tell you the, the country after the assassination of the president has just gone, it's gone downhill crazy. Gangs have taken over Port-au-Prince. Um, it's not taking over the whole country. I mean, that'd be like, it's Miami. Like, imagine if Miami, Florida was just run by gangs completely. Where do all your construction supplies come from? Miami. Uh, where, where does your food and water come from? Miami. So if your supplies are coming out of Miami and that's really run by gangs, that puts a, 
uh, real stress on the rest of Florida. Does that make sense? If Miami was where everything came from. Most of our stuff comes from Port-au-Prince. So when Port-au-Prince is being run by gangs and the police are not able to do what they need to do because they're not getting the backing, it's just caused complete, complete chaos. Uh, Haitians are getting kidnapped every week, not just Americans. Um, but the 17 that were kidnapped, I don't know them personally. I know the organization. We have mutual friends. Uh, that was sad. They first asked for 25 million bucks. Then they changed that um, to 1 million per person. If they don't get it, they're going to put a bullet and execute each one. Uh, there are women and children in that group. Mm -hmm. uh, my heart breaks for them. I do know that, again, I got to watch what I say, but the government agencies are, have been trying to figure out a way to infiltrate. We've got some inside scoops telling people to just be careful. Some things are about to happen. I don't know. I can't, like I said, I can't go in at all. I can say is pray. I'm praying that they're okay. We're hearing some rumors that things are not good, and that, that breaks our heart. But I appreciate you sharing that with a little bit of candor. I know you can't tell a lot of details. Yeah, I'd love to like, just go out there and, and share it, but I think I have to protect the safety, security well, of things. I think that's, and, that's yeah. wise, but like, I appreciate you sharing a little bit because the American church needs to be shaken awake. Yeah. Um, and we need to be reminded that uh, as, we, as we just kind of casually stroll into our air conditioning worship services and leave complaining about the music or about the pastor's sermon or whatever, that there, right. is, act, there is an actual gospel effort right. happening all over the globe. And it is costing people a lot a to lot. be able to move forward the gospel into one life. Yeah. And so, like, we are committed to that. We're committed to gospel right. saturation in the heartland, which looks totally different than gospel saturation right. in Haiti. But... We consider it a privilege to be able to partner with you guys and organizations like you guys that are committed to gospel saturation in your region, no matter the cost, man. Yeah. And so I'm thankful for that. Thank you. Yeah, and there is a cost. I mean, my family, I mean, there's, we went out to dinner and went to Ross. You guys shop at Ross here, right? Yeah. Um, but we went out at 730 at night. Anybody shocked by that? We don't go out too many places at night. You know what I mean? We got security and you know what I mean? It's just, it's a different world in Haiti. So when you can go to church or go shop and go out to dinner and just go home and not have to worry, yeah, it's right. like it's a level of stress, right? That we can just, you can kind of just breathe. And so we are safe. I mean, in, in Jeremy, it's like living in Lake Placid. You know what I mean? That's pretty safe there, right? So, I mean, where we live in Jeremy is much safer. So we fly into Port-au-Prince and we don't really have to leave the airport. We just get on these little planes and we fly to yeah. Jeremy. So when you're seeing Grace Bible Church people coming and Mark Ghost is coming quite a bit, bringing his wife and kids, you can come. We just had a team there from Michigan. It's just things are challenging right now and you have to be, you have to be very smart, especially uh, in Port-au-Prince because, I, but I don't travel around there. So yeah. I feel bad for this family. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a challenge. We so. want to keep praying towards yeah. that end, though, Mark. But just, hey, oh, yeah, yeah go, go ahead. ahead. No, what were you going to ask? I was probably about to go to that. Oh, okay. I was just going to say, we got some uh, partnership cards in the back. If you guys want to just fill one out, uh, if you want to just uh, follow us on Instagram or Facebook, if you don't do that, just sign up for our newsletters. Like, all the stats and all the stuff that we're doing, we try to put out, like, a monthly newsletter just so you guys can be in touch. Yeah. If you do that, and you can also uh, take a picture, join our mailing list with the QR code, just pull out your phone. Hey, we're learning how to use those around here. Are you? Yeah. Even missionaries are staying up to date. You know That's what I mean? It, if, if, yeah. GB, if Dustin's falling Some back. of us haven't learned yet. Just we pull out your camera, anything. and you can click yeah. on that. You can join our mailing list. You can uh, click, uh, come on a trip. You can donate. So you can just pull that up, and um, we got some merchandise. We don't have a ton. Of, you know, with COVID, everything's on back order, but uh, we got some stuff back there cool. we'd love to give you. So, Well, I do want to encourage you guys. Like, it, when, we, when we are considering uh, our ongoing mission partnerships, and again, the Haiti Bible Mission has been the longest-standing partnership, we make, we make three commitments to our mission partners. Number one, we commit to giving substantial financial support. That doesn't just come from the corporate office of GBC, even though we do give kind of as a corporation on a monthly basis, but that also comes from the church family. So substantial financial support. The second thing is we protect our stage. I mentioned to you before, I get calls all the time, and we say no to a lot of good things, great things, so that we can say yes to the God things and protect the stage for our mission partners. And the third thing, the third commitment we make to our mission partners is we want to serve them on their turf. You guys may remember pre-COVID, a couple years ago, Ansley and I spent about 10 days in Africa serving our African missionary teams. I got to minister at their, the church from their sending base. Etienne and his wife Abigail are supposed to be headed down to Haiti Bible Mission and also visiting the Mission Haiti sometime this next year. 
um, so that we can be there to serve them, watch their kids so they can go out on a date, minister to their team members, pick up a hammer and help them do a project, whatever. Just an opportunity for us to serve on their turf. But as we present each of one of our mission partners to you throughout the year, it's, it's not a call that every one of you support every single one of them. It's a call that the ones that the Lord is prompting to support those that God is prompting you to support. Some of you, God may be tapping you on the shoulder this morning because you have a specific heart for gospel ministry in Haiti. This would be a great place to partner uh, with that, with your funds if you are considering where to designate those. You'll have an opportunity to meet with Mark and his wife Lacey on the way out, answer any questions, ask any questions that you have of them. And I believe there is a, there's some forms on the table um, where you can uh, choose to partner with them if you'll fill that out before you leave. But would you join me in praying for Mark Lacey, the Haiti Bible Mission team? Just stretch a hand out towards them as I just pray for my brother here. Lord, I thank you for Mark. I thank you for Lacey. I thank you for their family. God, I thank you for how you are using even Barrick's soccer for the glory of God. I thank you how you're using ministry in the hospital by the kids for the glory of God. Lord, I know that you intend to further your gospel through Haiti Bible Mission. Thank you for raising up indigenous Haitian leaders. Lord, would you continue to allow that to thrive? The disciples will make disciples and leaders make leaders right there in Jeremy. Lord, I pray that you continue to meet every need that Haiti Bible Mission has. Father, I pray that you would stand guard and protect them as they and their teams travel to and from the states. Lord, I pray for wisdom for Mark as he is the, the guide stone for this ministry, Lord, as he is listening for the voice of God along with his board of directors uh, for what's next, for how to best serve and saturate Jeremy and Haiti throughout the gospel. I pray, Lord, that you raise up so many missionaries in Jeremy that you send them out from Jeremy to the rest of the country of Haiti, that the gospel would take hold of Haiti, and that it would find its way into all the ranks of government, to gang leadership, to schools, to hospitals. Lord, that there truly would be gospel saturation in Haiti. We thank you for your love for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As you can see, there was only two of us and four chairs, because today's conversation is going to look a little bit different than what it typically does on a Sunday morning. I'm going to invite actually a panel of three people that are part of our church family and also part of our community right here in the heartland that I've been just watching throughout this last year and our pastors have relationships with them and we've just been hearing about how God has been working in and through their lives and the, and the, the, the ordinary rhythms of their life. And so I want to invite them up on stage and I'll introduce them to you when they get up here so y'all can come on up. But as we have our conversation today in God's Word, I'm going to kind of bounce it off of this, some of King David's words as we're preparing our hearts for Thanksgiving. Uh, there are many that may be struggling to be thankful right now because of whatever's right in front of your face as you're struggling through the stuff of life. We talked a little bit about that last weekend, just, just kind of the, what it looked like to reorient our hearts around gospel gratitude. Uh, the goal today is for you to get to hear from just part of your church family of how God has been moving and working in their life for two things. So we can be thankful for that. Thankful that God is on the move even amongst our church family. But also, I'm asking the Holy Spirit to begin to prompt in our hearts too that maybe we'll hear something that's said by them that it may remind us of a way that God's been moving in our lives that maybe we just haven't been paying attention to. You know, King David said these words in Psalm chapter 9. He says, I'm going to give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart, and I will recount all of your wonderful deeds, and I will be glad and exult in you, and I will sing praises to your name, O Most High. In Psalm chapter 143, also a psalm of King David, he says in verse 5 and 6, I remember the days of old. I meditate on all that you have done, and I ponder the work of your hands, and I stretch out my hands to you. My soul thirsts for you like a parched land. I remember David, Dave, our Dave right here that plays the, that is our worship pastor, Dave saying just a couple weeks ago in that Hebrew culture, the idea of extending hands towards God was a posture of thanksgiving and gratitude. That, that's why we lift our hands in worship. We're giving thanks to God for who he is and what he's done and what we are hoping for in our relationship with him. And these are reminders from King David that sometimes the right posture of gratitude when we can't just look right in front of us and be thankful about what's coming or what is happening, that we as the people of God would be quick to look back behind us, 
to look back over our shoulder, be reminded of the faithfulness of God throughout the seasons of our life, through different little microscopic movements of God that have happened throughout our story of life. And I hope this morning that we are reminded of that as we posture our hearts towards thankfulness in this season. And so on the stage with me today, maybe I'll just introduce them as we go. The guy sitting to my right is probably one of the, most, the best looking dudes in Highlands County. He belongs on the cover of GQ magazine. Just a stud. Ladies, I hate to break it to you. He is spoken for. He ain't married yet. He ain't put a ring on it yet, so there's still an opportunity. But his girlfriend from Texas is watching online. I was just kidding. Just kidding. All right? But this is Coyle George. Uh, Coyle is is a man that I just admire a lot. Uh, I admire him as a young man who is a leader in our community. I admire him as a coach. I admire him as an educator within our school system. He's just a special guy, and the Lord has been using him uh, not only in the, right here in the Heartland over the last uh, year or so. He, he, he was, you were here several years ago. The Lord moved you to Texas for a little while, um, but the Lord has brought him back, and we're grateful for that. We're glad that you are back. Um, I've watched Coyle's, Coyle's journey from being a substitute teacher to a paraprofessional to teaching in the classroom. Now he's a dean at Sebring Middle School and a coach at Sebring High School. A coach that, by the way, the Sebring High School football team is headed to the regional championship on Friday night. Now, Coyle, I got to ask, man, you, uh, one of the things I would love to hear from you about, man, is you, you have been experiencing just the seasons of transition in your life in a lot of ways. Uh, some great, some challenging, I'm sure. But, man, how have you been seeing the faithfulness of God at work in these seasons of transition in your life? Um, it started right after college. Um, actually, during high school, I was working at Subway. Um, and then when I got to college and I would get breaks, I would come home and work at Subway. Well, after I finished college, I was working at Subway. And uh, I remember this one situation or instance where one of my coworkers accidentally hit me in the arm with the oven door and it kind of like burned my skin. And I told her not to worry about it because it was going to be a reminder of where God brought me from. So a couple weeks later, the superintendent comes into Subway and we had a conversation and he asked me if I would like to work with students. So I was like, sure. So my first teaching job was actually a teaching assistant of an elementary school, a third grade classroom. And that would have been my last teaching was, job. <laughs> I'm being honest with you. It was one of my favorite ones, though, because they're so innocent. <laughs> and he actually so loved it. <laughs> I actually I did. I loved it. Um, and then I did long-term subbing. Um, and I forgot to mention this, but the way I ended up in Sebring is actually amazing. Um, I was coaching an All-American, um, and one of his official visits was to the University of Miami. Well, at that time... Coach Scott, which is the head coach at Sebring High School, his brother was coaching at Miami, um, and he met my cousin. He was like, well, you guys are single. You know, would you like to come down to Florida? Because my brother needs coaches for the high school yeah, staff. Man. And I was like, sure. So that first meeting is where I met Dustin and Coach Avery and Coach Brooks and the rest of the coaches. I didn't know that's how you yeah. and Frazier ended up yes, here. Yes, yes, sir. Yep. How about and that? Uh, I didn't even have a job. Um, and they, so they were like, well, we'll see if we have any para positions open. So I took a para position, and about three months in, uh, one of the algebra teachers quit. So Miss West, um, actually Dr. Lindsay, sorry, at, um, asked me if I would like to teach math. And I was like, yeah, I love numbers. So I'll dive into that. Well, four years later, I'm still an algebra teacher. Um, and then during that transition, I wanted to uh, move to Texas. So I ended up moving to Texas for two years where I did the same thing as an algebra teacher. And um, Mrs. West, which is the current principal at Seaburn Middle School, she uh, was texting me the entire time, was like, I'm going to bring you back. One way or another, I'm going to get you back to Highlands County. And um, We were I'm, praying that that would happen, too. Yeah, it worked. It worked. <laughs> yeah, it, it worked. did. So in uh, March of yeah. this year, she texted me, and she was like, you know, we have another dean position open. You know, would you be interested? And I always wanted to um, be outside of the classroom, but in the educational setting where I can minister to kids mm-hmm. and I got granted this position, so that's why I'm doing that. That's been awesome. I know the Lord's using you in that way for sure, and he continues to allow you to have influence within our school system, and I know you're using it for his glory. And I mean, speaking of that, you're one of the coaches of Sebring's first ever football program to win a district championship, and now y'all are on the way to, y'all have won two playoff games. This is round three, which is the regional championship against Clearwater on Friday night. But as awesome as the football season has been, you've also seen God moving in some different ways behind the scenes, man. Speak to that. So um, even in 2014 when I first got here, um, 
a lot of the coaches are believers. Um, and fast forward into this year, same thing. And we have some extra bodies in there to kind of minister and disciple to the kids. Um, we've consecutively or consistently throughout the year have been doing Bible studies and things of that nature where kids will want to stay after to get fed. Um, so uh, I think a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago, we had about 15 or 16 come to Christ added on to the already 20 we've already had. So it's about a high 30s, low 40s. Yeah, yeah, uh, so. man. It's awesome. I remember, I, I remember it was just a week or two after we had learned about what God had done with the Lake Placid football players where about 17 of them had given their lives to Christ. And then I saw a video of you online ministering to the team in a purely voluntary Bible study for any of the critics Absolutely. that are watching Absolutely. online right now. Purely voluntary. Students come only if they want to. I just want to be clear what voluntary means. And, man, you stuck around to love on these kids, minister to them. And 17, I saw, man, I saw those kids' hand pop, hands pop up on that video. 17 kids gave their lives to Christ, It's man. a beautiful thing, man. It's a beautiful thing. And I believe that's the reason why we're so successful. Like, you guys see what we do on Friday nights, but it's about that Monday through Thursday. Yeah, man, ministry that we're bringing to these kids. You're not just building football players. You're building character. Yes. And you're building Great disciples, man. So that's awesome, man. Coyle, it's been a blessing just to be a friend and for you to be a part of our church family and in our community. This, this lovely lady next to Coyle is Kendall McIntyre, formerly Kendall Bachman, if you knew her when she was just a wee little ass. Were you in the youth group when I was the youth guy? I was. That makes me feel old. That can't be possible. <laughs> I am. She says I am. You know, Kendall uh, is a mom. Uh, Kendall is a wife. Kendall is growing to be one of the most respected business leaders in our community, particularly in the Sebring area. Uh, you may not know Kendall by name, but I bet you know the brand that she represents and is essentially the general manager of um, Chin Dental. Um, Chin Dental has done a brilliant job of, of growing and marketing and customer service. And Kendall's one of the ones kind of behind the scenes that's running the operation, managing the employees, pulling all the strings for Chin Dental, and um, just a brilliant business leader, a growing part of our church family. What's been cool about her story is we've been able to watch, I know uh, the sandals in particular, Sarah Beth was just sitting there a second ago. Oh, there she is back in the back. Um, we've just had a, like a front row seat to watching Kendall and her family grow in their relationship with Jesus together, which is Kind of special because we see, we'll see God like grab hold of individuals and watch them grow, but it's sometimes the family's not always in tow. But God's doing something in her family right now. Uh, and so, Kendall, like, speak to that. Like, I'd love to hear, how are you seeing the faithfulness of God at work on the home front in your family? Yeah, so this has been a crazy season for the McIntyre family. Um, so, like Dustin was saying, it was about a year to two years ago where I believed in God. I did not live like I believed in God. And those are two completely different things. So I really felt God calling our family to church. And so that began a conversation with my husband. We, you know, we really need to get the kids back in and what that looks like. I had no idea God was going to transform my heart by starting, you know, going to classes here on Wednesday night, starting a DNA group. And just through those, um, I actually had to study. Well, when you have two little girls, the only time you can study is early in the morning or late at night. I'm a morning person, so I would wake up, and at 4 o'clock in the morning, I'd start that Bible study. So myself with Jesus started at 4 a.m. So um, He I, is up that early, by yes, the way. he is. I've he checked. talk to you then. <laughs> um, so we started there, and then through that, my oldest daughter is an early riser as well. And she was like, hey, mom, what's going on? I didn't think to tell her what I was doing at four o'clock in the morning. And I said, oh, I'm doing a Bible study. Oh, what's it on? You know, and at that point we were going through Esther and I was like, she goes, I'd like to do a Bible study. Is there one for me? So I thought, sure, I'll get her one. More than likely it'll sit on the bookshelf, but we'll see how this evolves. So God um, really spoke to her in that moment. As soon as I got it, she opened it up, and she was there with me the next day at 4 o'clock in the morning. And she was just so engaged and so eager to learn. So we started there, and through there, God really it just showed me how much, you know, my action as a believer can just pass on to others. And Kyle was able to be transformed at that time, and then she came to me, and she said, Hey, Mom, like, 
I love Jesus. Like, why can't I get in front of everyone and proclaim my love for him? And I said, well, is this the cool thing to do or do we really believe it? Um, so I wanted to make sure it wasn't a fad at that time, right? So I sent her to Miss Brenda and I said, she's been thinking on it for a long, I mean, it was almost a year she's been thinking on it. And Miss Brenda goes, you know what? I just talked to her. She's on fire. We are baptizing her. She gets the gospel. Let's do it. Yeah, and we got to see Kyle be baptized. It would have been at the 830 service just a, a month or so ago. Yeah. Um, so. Got to see your daughter be baptized. We exci we're excited about that. Yeah, it was amazing. And as a mother, you don't know what that proudest moment will be. And it literally, I mean, took my breath away. I was, oof, it was a lot. So, so thankful for what God was working, not only through me and my husband, but as my oldest one is getting baptized and someone just reminded me after the 830 service and she's like, why didn't you share it? I said, okay. Um, she's like, through Kyle, she's encouraged one of her best friends to know and love God. And now she is getting baptized. Oh, let's go. So yes. Who? Yeah. Yeah. It's been, <laughs> yes. Who would have thunk it? You know, mom <laughs> discipling her daughter, friend discipling a friend. Yeah. And just in the normal rhythms of life, you're already up doing your thing, and you just allowed your daughter to come be a part of that, and it changed her life. Like, yes. it's just amazing. Kendall, I know you, not only have you seen God working in a powerful way in your family, but as you have grown in your influence in the marketplace, God has been using your presence in the marketplace to make disciples in the regular rhythms of your work life. I mean, give us a, how, how in the world does that work? Yeah, uh, so... Great question. So I have about 36 team members that I manage. So after my spiritual walk has really like been thriving in my relationship with God, I've started looking at that differently, thankfully because of him, right? So I call it this like spiritual lens. They went from managing team members to now he's entrusted me with these 36 team members that I have to have tough conversations with. And those are opportunities to share the gospel through my actions and conversations. So I, I need to cut that out and replay that, what she just said. Like, this is the drum we've been banging for several years. Like, the, you, see, you see the gospel paradigm shift that happened in her mind? I didn't load her up with these words, by the way. This is her own talking. Uh, I told her what I might ask her, but, you know, this is her on the spot. She just said the gospel and the work of Jesus in her life changed the way she started looking at her team members. She realized God had not put her in charge of them to manage them. He had entrusted them to her as a disciple maker. And that's, man, what a paradigm shift. Anyways, yeah. keep going. So, you know, you're good. Um, so that was the first amazingness from that. And now my view, like he said, is just completely different. So um, a couple of things that we've been doing recently here at Chin Dental, we are a faith-based organization. So I'm always been so thankful to be a part of that. Um, but we changed a couple of things that we do. We have a morning huddle every day and we decided to incorporate Worship Wednesday. So before we start huddle, if you'd like to come early, um, I'm always playing spiritual music and I, you know, I know you gave a shout out earlier to Dave and yeah. he's super excited. He's going to come sing one Wednesday. Get the maybe. worship team in there to do a yeah. live. <laughs> there we go. Drum kit and everything in yes. Chin Dental. Yes, we'd love Rattle that. fillings right <laughs> out of people's mouths. It's a great business model. <laughs> right. Anytime we're here. Yeah. For it. So um, that's been a couple of great things. Um, one of the things I forgot to mention earlier as well is one of the great opportunities that we've been given as leaders is we have our mission is leaders serving the community beyond dentistry. And I like to say now we've transformed that to with Jesus. So that's been really important. And one of the ways that we've been able to do that is in our leadership meetings, we always have to bring up team members, right? Like this is going on. Now we have prayer warriors. So like write that on the prayer list. Let's pray over that circumstance because your circumstance state can stay that way, but your perspective of that circumstance can change through prayer and yeah. things like that. So that's been great. Um, we also started a DNA group, which is every Monday night after work, a, a group of us get together, ladies, and we're going through the book of Luke. So yeah. I've been really thankful to see 
God transform that as well as, you know, one of the things, Dustin, I always like to give you credit when credit is due, right? Uh, I probably got whatever it was from Cameron. Probably. That's what I'm up here speaking for Sarah. I'm just joking. Uh, So one of the things that was really impactful that you talked about is there's the lies that the world is telling us, but then God is already giving us these beautiful truths throughout his word. So one of those lies that I struggle with personally is my always trying to prove myself. It might be to myself, to others, to God, um, and remembering that to give yourself grace and to those around you grace, as well as I have a sticky note on my computer. Every day I look at it and it's been so impactful. Before every conversation I hold or anything in my office, it says people are not my problem, people are my ministry. And that has been so big. So throughout all of that, God has given me gifts that I never knew I had, empathy, right? That was a a struggle. So there are things like that. God has really transformed my heart at Chin Dental as well as personal. I love it, Kendall. I love Kendall has mentioned a couple of times DNA group, DNA group, and what basically what that means. DNA is one of our rhythms of discipleship here at GBC. We have large group gatherings, and then we have grace group gatherings, which would be like a traditional small group model, but with a missional mindset, and that's when you gather in homes around a meal, um, to grow in your relationship with the Lord and each other, but also to be thinking about mission on your street and in your neighborhood, wherever you guys are from. But the DNA model is even smaller than that. It's one of the rhythms where we're gathering together just you know, three or four guys with guys, three or four girls with girls, and we're just intentionally diving into the Word of God to discover Him, to nurture our relationship with Him, with one another, and also to hold one another accountable in our walk uh, with our relationship with the Lord and with other people. And so... Uh, that's that DNA phrase that she keeps using. Um, next to Kendall is Jose Silva. Jose, hip, hip, Jose. Uh, Jose, uh, he and his wife, uh, he's retired military. He and his wife spent 13 years uh, on the mission field in Nicaragua. Um, they came to us not too long after that. After a couple of years of catching their breath back in the States, God has brought them to the thriving metropolis of Lake Placid and brought him to our church family here at GBC. And God has placed a particular burden on their heart, a burden that our elder team shares in. Uh, We long for there to be a gospel-centered church plant, missional movement to the Spanish-speaking community right here in the heartland. A completely gospel-centered movement. Uh, Jose and his wife share that same burden and have dove right in to being a part of that solution. They not only teach here on Wednesday nights, for those of you that are Spanish speakers, Wednesday nights they gather together, they're going through the book of Romans. Jose uh, also is a part of a partnership we have with First Baptist Church of Sebring, and he's the interim pastor of their Spanish church at First Baptist Sebring, and usually he'd be there right now, but they have a dinner tonight, which he'll invite you to later, you Spanish speakers. and usually he'll, so he'll minister to the Spanish church at 10 and then he basically loads them all up and they all come over here for church at Grace Bible at 1130, which is pretty cool. And um, so Jose, I mean, God is obviously uh, through the challenge of transition and change in y'all's lives to land here. God has been doing something in your family as you have prepared to just lay foundational blocks for a gospel-centered missional ministry to the Spanish-speaking community here in the heartland, man. Give us a snapshot of what that's looked like and how you've seen the faithfulness of God in that. Yes, uh, Pastor Dustin, God has been so faithful. I, I think I was reading uh, in, in 1 Corinthians, the first chapter, it's funny, Paul talks about how he is grateful for the church. <laughs> and uh, and uh, we are just so grateful, Myra and I and my wife, um, for what uh, the doors that have been opened for us. You know, you come here, and, and I, you hear me speaking English, so English is my first language. And I love English, and I read the Bible in English. I study in English, but the Lord has always used me to, to do the Spanish. And, and, uh, um, and, and uh, what we hear here, we just want to share what goes on here at First Baptist and a lot of, you know, good churches, gospel-centered churches here. We want to share that in Spanish. And, and, and that was something that when we came here, we were told by, 
by the leadership in this church that they were starting. You know, they wanted to get a, a Spanish service going and eventually a church plant. And, and I think like Mark said, we're not putting our brand on it. You know, this is just we, because we love the community. And, and part of that community is the Spanish community. And we are just so grateful that the Lord has, first of all, hooked us up over there in Lake Placid, right near the lake. <laughs> and that's, a, a, you know, we just, uh, uh, and, and there's a lot of uh, Hispanic community there also. So we are um, really appreciative of God and so grateful what God has done, uh, especially with, with a church that is so supportive, along with uh, First Baptist, extremely supportive, you know, uh, and... Uh, We've even thinking about taking our name from our church in Miami that sent us out to to uh, to Nicaragua and and put the, the name of that church here, La Roca, in Sebring. So the Rock, yeah, the Rock in Sebring, and and this church we feel that this church is founded on the Rock, and and uh, I just wish we could clone a Spanish-speaking Dustin Woods and Cam, that'd be super cool. But nobody would come. No. Uh, so uh, that's that's what the Lord's been doing, and it's man, that's just cool, man. it's so it's so great. We're so grateful for it. Y'all been busy outside of just working on developing that minute. Y'all, I mean, y'all are doing it at the ground level. You've allowed people to come and live in your home that you didn't even know that you just felt God impressing upon you to open your home to to serve them in some really hard seasons of life. God has used that. God has been using you guys. We, we live close. We're practically neighbors. He lives probably 100 yards from me in Lake Placid. And, I mean, they, he and his wife, they'll go down to the laundromat there in Lake Placid where a lot of our migrant workers are, you know, washing their clothes on a Saturday afternoon or Sunday afternoon. You guys will pop in there, build relationships, and love on them, man. What does that look like? And just curious, because that can translate into our lives. We have, we have regular rhythms of life, too, where we're running into people that we know don't know Jesus. I mean, how do you guys do laundromat ministry without it being weird and uncomfortable, like when the Jehovah's Witnesses knock on my door, and I'm like, you know. Yeah, it's amazing, you know, how many, how many resources there are out there that we can use. I, I ordered some coins from some ministry, and they were free. Yeah. And uh, and uh, so, you know, I, I have these coins and they have John 316 on one side and it has the question, um, do you know where you're going to spend eternity? Sabes a dónde vas a pasar la eternidad? Do you know where you're going to spend eternity? And then, you you know, as folks are, are, are washing their clothes, we just I just stop by and, you know, share the coins with them. And if I have tracks, I'll, I'll share some tracks. And, uh, and just watch as they read, because, you know, when you're washing clothes, there's nothing else to do but to read. And, uh, and that's when we, you know, then I'll ask them that question. Have you ever thought about that question that's on that coin? You know, and then that opens up the opportunity to share the gospel. And it's not just, uh, you know, you don't, you don't have to be Spanish speakers. There are a lot of English speakers that go to the laundromats. Oh, and, yeah. uh, and you can get these coins free. <laughs> and you can check me out after in the after uh, when we leave, and I can tell you how you can get them, <laughs> and uh, and you can share uh, at at the laundromat. You got your your comforters and things like that. You need to wash those things, and you might mess up your washer. So that's right. Go to the laundromat. That's right. Yeah. And share the gospel. Thank you for we, correcting me on that. I didn't make it make want to make it sound like only Spanish speakers go oh, to the yeah, laundromat. Yeah. I just meant the laundromat by our house. There you go. Is hey, ours heavily is, yes. populated it, by it, the Spanish community. Yes, it is, so. Pastor. Ours, and and the one of ours because we have right right there next to uh, right under the tower, they they uh, they stay there, and that the old hotel, yeah, the hotel yeah, is right there. That yeah. place is packed, and they come. You know, it's it's seasonal, but uh, you know, there's always folks in that. Laundromat, and and then they leave and they go to other places, and and who knows, right? When we when we plant that seed, mm -hmm. you never know. Well, Jose, y'all have got uh, Sunday mornings at First Baptist Church, yeah. Wednesday nights right mm -hmm. here, and y'all even have tonight. One reason yes, why you're do. available to us mm -hmm. today is because later this afternoon, y'all are having some sort of like meal. Yeah, we're going to uh, sharing do time. Mm -hmm. Man, would you mm -hmm. would you just invite? Because we have folks watching sure. online, we have sure. folks in here right now. Would you invite? the Spanish community in Spanish sure. to all the things that you guys are offering right, right now. Right. Bueno, este, con mucho gusto los invito a todos ustedes, los que hablan español y los que hablan inglés también. Yo hablo inglés, pero los invito a que sean parte de lo que queremos hacer aquí en, en, en Highlands County, en the heartland. 
¿Ah? Eh, los invitamos los miércoles aquí a las 6 de la tarde, aquí en, en el Salón 112 de, de Grace Bible Church, y los domingos a las 9 y cuarto de la mañana at First Baptist eh, Sebring, la que queda en 300 Center Avenue, First Baptist Sebring. Ahí estamos en el segundo piso. Están todos invitados y verdaderamente lo que queremos es que, miren, eh, alcanzar, alcanzar a esta comunidad hispana con, con el Evangelio, con una iglesia donde se pueda ¿verdad? verdaderamente predicar la palabra de Dios y no la del hombre y el Evangelio sólido. Los invitamos. Hoy a las 2 de la tarde vamos a estar allá en First Baptist Sebring, en el Fellowship Hall. Pueden venir y pueden conocernos y también comer. Que Dios le bendiga. Yeah, I understand comida. I like comida. food. Comida. That's right. I got that. Y'all make sure you're there. Now, thank you, Jose. Thank you, Kendall. Thank you, Coyle. Thank you for just being a part of this time. And look, guys, the, the point of it wasn't just to wasn't just to magnify what these folks are doing. I wanted to magnify the work of God that's happening in ordinary rhythms of ordinary life. People that are just willing to say yes in the ordinary ways. And um, God is doing a work in them. But I'm hoping that through that, it's prompting and reminding in us that God is moving in our lives. It, it may not have been what we were looking for or even what we were hoping for, but the Lord is at work. And his children, constantly at work in his children, as King David said, sometimes we just need to be reminded. Sometimes we just need to look back over our shoulder and remember the faithfulness of God through the seasons of our life and let that spur our hearts towards thanksgiving. Our prayer for you this week as you are moving towards thanksgiving, and some of you may not be feeling very thankful in the season of your life, that the Holy Spirit would just lay hold of your heart, would whisper to you, reminding him of his faithfulness throughout your life. And that it would prompt you towards worship and gratitude and thanksgiving to our Lord. Because he is worthy of our worship all the time. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. And his mercy endures forever. Let's pray together. Thank you guys for being a part of this. Father, I thank you for your love for us. Lord, we have so much to be thankful for. You are the worthy one. Our lives don't always work out the way we had hoped. Oftentimes they don't. But God, would you attune our hearts to see and sing the mercies and the grace of God that we would be reminded that you are faithful. That every hard thing that we're going through is coming from the love of God being displayed in our lives. Lord, would you see us through those tough situations? Would you allow the peace of Christ to rule in our hearts? Would you allow the comfort of Jesus to enrich and to strengthen us? God, would you move our hearts towards thankfulness and gratitude? Would you do as you have promised that you would, just display the life of Jesus through the life of every believer? Lord, we thank you for your love for us. I thank you for these that have joined me on stage today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Would you guys join me in thanking and celebrating Coyle, Kendall, and Jose?